Welcome to That Gray Area. I'm Erin. And I'm Vanessa. We're lifelong friends entering that certain time of life that can be a bit of a gray area, somewhere between our beautiful and confused youth and wrinkled wisdom. We'll be taking a look at what being a woman and aging looks like right now. So join us in That Gray Area. Hey, everybody. Welcome to That Gray Area. Uh, this is our second flashcast, Vanessa. Ooh, ooh, very exciting. And this is our first podcast that we are not doing in the same room with one another. It's kind of sad. It is sad. I, I mean, mean I can see her cute little face on the screen, which is great. So we can react to each other. But, you know, due to COVID protocols and whatnot, and I'm back to work pretty heavily. I just don't feel comfortable sitting in the same room with Erin to do yeah. this. And she doesn't either. Yeah, it's just, it's good. But I kind of miss, you know, having our wine together. Well, we could still have our wine together. Yeah, it's I may or may not have a skinny margarita next to me right now, and it may or may not be three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought we would do a little flashcast just because it's the end of one of the craziest years that we all collectively as a universe have experienced. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I think exactly that we were kind of realizing, though. That as crazy as it's been, and obviously for some people, it's been heartbreaking and tragic financially, emotionally, spiritually. Yes. I I would hope that we could reflect and have something that we've taken away from this this global experience. What have you learned from this experience, Erin? You know, it's so funny because when it first happened. And we had to slow down. We were forced to not work, forced to not go anywhere, forced to not do anything. I was panicked. I oh, yeah. have a lot of anxiety about it. And then about three months into it, when everybody said, we're going to go back to work again or open up again, I, I was like, no, I don't want to leave my little cozy cave with my family and everybody. Isn't it fascinating how fast we got used to it? Now I'm at a place where I'm ready to sort of, I'm ready for it to be over. I mean, I was ready for it to be over right away. Um, but it's, I've been starting to feel like the walls are closing in on me a little bit more as COVID has come closer to my personal life. Um, my daughter was exposed. My mother has it. My stepson had it. Um, very mild. My mother, a not so mild case. But I think you and I both went for like the first six or seven months not knowing a single person who had it. So it mm -hmm. still seemed like it was very much in the abstract. Indeed. It was people on the news. Yeah. Or a friend of a friend. Yeah. It wasn't any. So his father in law had it, but he also was sick from blank. Exactly. So that part has put me in a bit of a funk the last couple of weeks over the holidays and not seeing our friends and family. We usually host a huge gift exchange with our friends. And for some of our friends, it's the one time a year we see them and that's it. So that felt sad. But I'm just trying to be grateful. And my takeaway is I realized I don't need very much stuff. I've realized what a consumer I am. And I have worn nothing but sweatpants. I've been makeup free. I don't drive anywhere. I, we're not going any place, but I have all the stuff I realize I do not need. I look at my closet full of clothes and I am a clothes horse. I love clothes. You always have been. She, you guys, she has clothes in her closet right now that still have tags on them and probably have for over a year. Yeah. 
Not a lot anymore, but that is definitely something that has happened to me where I'm like, I am now giving this to Goodwill and I never put it on my body. (laughs) But I now look at those clothes and I think, uh, uh, how many gray, black, and white sweaters does one woman need? I mean, I'm not a... (laughs) I'm not Imelda Marcos over here. Okay. I'm not like that. I don't usually spend be I don't spend beyond my means ever. And it's not even so much a financial thing. It's just what do I need? And so I just kind of hope that I can take that forward with me as we move back into normalcy sometime, hopefully within the next six months or so. That I don't need as many things outside of myself to feel happy. What about you, Vanessa? Okay. I'm totally with you on that. COVID has just taught me I need so much less stuff. I just moved recently this month and I am shamed at the amount of storage I require as a single woman with two boys with whom I sometimes only have part of the time that I have an entire wall dedicated to garage storage from floor to ceiling. What is that? Why am I holding on to that? I don't even know. A lot of it's Christmas, a lot of it's Halloween, a lot of it. But I mean, I have all of the Christmas lights that decorated the family home I sold two years ago. I, yeah. I don't need them. I, I don't need them. So I, I less, less, less. I've realized I need less things in my life for sure. Yeah. It also taught me that I, I have an extreme inability to handle unstructured time. And you've known me forever, so you know this about me. But when I do not have a list of things I want to do or an activity or a person to see or a place to go, I get itchy. Mm -hmm. I will start to distract if I do not have in place healthy distractions ahead of time. Yeah. So that is what I've realized. I have also realized that my oldest son who has been, you know, just a shining little buttercup of joy from the moment he was born until he went off to college two and a half years ago, is now an adult. And we should not live in the same house together for very much longer. (laughs) Yes, I will say watching you struggle with Mr. Hall Monitor, as we lovingly have called him since he was three, he literally has always been such a good kid. And he is an amazing human being. Amazing. But he's just definitely suffering from being, he was just at that point where he was breaking out of this cocoon. Yes. Intellectually, spiritually, sexually, everything. And he was just ready to fly. And he's always been ready to leave the nest like really soon. And now to be locked up. Yes. He, He was one of the first school, was one of the very first universities to close in March. And he came, he was home by March 17th and he, he went from having his own giant dorm room because he was a resident advisor and all the privileges that that afforded. He didn't have a kitchen to clean. He had a card that could walk his little butt right down to the cafeteria and get anything he wanted to eat and didn't have to clean up after himself. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a chore to do. And he comes home and he's living in the living room because I don't have a bedroom for him. And all of a sudden, he's exposed to the world of this is what it takes to run a domestic household since you've forgotten for the last two and a half years. And it's been a learning curve for both of us. He's going through a lot. Plus, he's a very social person. And this whole world being shut down has been hard on us all. And especially people who like me and him who are extroverted. 
Yeah, I'm a little bit of an introverted extrovert. So I think I really miss people. I miss strangers. I miss encounters with kind strangers. I miss the energy and conviviality that comes with being someplace with strangers and enjoying something collectively, be it like a beautiful restaurant or a beautiful uh, live music, or I miss that. Only if where you're just around like-minded people enjoying an activity together, even though you're not really together, but that's okay. Um, I just, I, I like the slowing down that this has afforded my family Um, how much time I've been able to spend with them and how much I love and appreciate them. I think, I don't think I've ever taken it for granted, but I've been filled with a lot of gratitude. Okay. So our takeaway is we need less. And And grateful for who we have in our lives. Grateful for what we have um, and having some good structured time. And then we wanted to talk a little about resetting for 2021 and what that looks like. Obviously, Everywhere you look on the internet, it's all about New Year's resolutions and this diet, that diet, blah, blah, blah. Erin and I Um, hate resolutions. We think they're stupid. If you want to make a change in your life, just fucking make it. Why would you wait? Why would you wait till one specific time of year? I feel like resolutions are just setting yourself up to feel shitty about yourself in six weeks. Not that, you know, I do believe in ritual. And if it's a time where you want to sort of reevaluate and assess and Mm -hmm. say, I'd like to eat more leafy greens or move my body more or talk less or studies. I don't think there's necessarily a bad, I think there's a lot of religions and spiritual practices that encourage a day of reflection and whether it's atonement or whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't think that's necessarily bad, but I think I'd like to use the day as, as just a time of reflection um, and just trying to take what I've learned in 2020 with me. Yeah. Um, and one thing I have been doing, if you guys have listened to our, uh, diet culture episode, that's been, that we just aired, I think last week is we talked a little bit about intuitive eating and I've really been trying to do that. And I just feel like it's not even so much about my food. It's just about really starting to listen to my body more. What are you taking into 2021, Vanessa? One thing I feel like 2020 did for me was it sort of reminded me, uh, I was divorced last year and this year I have been independent and on my own. I've had a boyfriend for the second part of that. And one thing I realized is that I did not know myself very well. I did not really deeply understand who I am and what I want and what I need. I am the type of personality who serves others. I take care of everyone in my family. I am a good employee. I am a good friend. but I don't necessarily put my wants and needs before other people. And I do that, I think, because it takes sort of an interior reflection that I just didn't feel capable of. And I'm starting to be able to process that and realize that I'm noticing behaviors and patterns in me that I either want to correct or I want to just let go of the criticism for. And so that is what I want to do going forward. I want to connect with myself more on what I need in my life and learn how to express myself better to achieve that. And I want to deepen my spiritual connection. As some of you may know, I was raised without religion by an atheist father. And I had a tough time with a concept of spirituality, but I've always known it's been around me. 
my whole life. And I feel very connected to the energy of the universe. But I don't have a deity, so to speak, or something I directly connect with, be it internal, external, what have you. So my hope going forward is that I can find that for myself because I'm missing that. I'm missing some sort of guidance or person to talk to or lean on. And I say person just as, you know, a term, but an entity or an energy or something I can lean on. Well, I, what I think is really interesting is you and I have both been involved in 12-step programs. and the idea of a higher power is very prevalent in both of those. And it's always something you hand your problems over to your higher power. You are powerless and you give things up to your higher power. And I always really liked that because sometimes you feel helpless and giving that up to whatever that higher power is feels empowering. Actually, it feels helpful. It feels comforting. I got really deep into that in the beginning of my 12-step journey. And I was in and out of 12-step rooms for probably eight or nine years straight. Maybe, maybe maybe even more. But I, it took me a couple of years to develop a concept of something I could pray to. And I started to really get the hang of it. And then I moved and I lost touch with my meetings. And you know, I felt like I'd learned everything I'd need to learn about what my goal was in a 12-step program. But I've still taken a lot of that knowledge with me. Yeah, And that is one part of 12-step world that I'm missing is being able to give something up or let something go or just dump on or write to, you know, I was a big journalist and I would journal to my higher power and now I don't have anybody to journal to. I'm like, what am I telling myself about myself? That's stupid. Yeah. (laughs) But here's one little, here's just connected to that. Here's a little question that you might want to ponder that I loved. This is from Carolyn Mace. It's M-Y-S-S, but I think she pronounces it Mace. It says, what changes are unfolding in your life that you need to cooperate with? And what does that mean? And it was just about looking deeper into yourself and figuring out, is it okay that this is happening for you? You know, you know maybe it's okay that I'm a, forced to be a workaholic right now. Can I not suffer over that? Can I realize that that's a temporary thing and move on to maybe something more pressing in my life that could help me rather than complaining about that? There's an expression in, in program that's called what you resist persists. And you've always said that, that you've always, you were the first one to tell me that you're going to repeat a lesson in your life over and over until you get it. It's funny. I was talking to my husband this morning and he was talking saying he's having those kind of post-holiday blues. And I remember last year I was deep diving into my Buddhism and I just thought, what if you just recognize that? Yeah. The blues happen. There's those post-holiday blues. And what if you just lean into that and don't tell yourself a big dramatic story about it. I always say, you know, don't fan the flames of the storyline, but don't suppress it. Just let it be there. So I don't know. I mean, that's, gosh, you could use that towards all of 2020. And I look back on this whole year and I don't, I I don't want to say this to take away anyone else's pain and suffering or to diminish or devalue that in any way. But I got to say 2020 was one of the best years of my life. It was the first year I was on my own after a 20-year marriage. I didn't know I could do it, and I did it. I supported all of us. I bought a condo. I handled the move. I I took care of myself. I took care of everyone, and I didn't need anyone's help to do it. I need I needed your help. <laughs> but you also don't have to. I wouldn't ever, if I, you know, I've been really struggling with my mom having COVID and being really worried about her. And as of today, she's doing quite well. She's three weeks out. But I would never want you to diminish your joy in what you accomplished because I might be feeling sad. And anybody who would ask you to do that, 
probably should ask themselves why they feel that way. Marianne Williamson had a quote. And while I look for this quote, Erin's going to tell you what she'd like you to do for us if you're so I realize that at the end of every podcast, we never say thank you for joining us. And if you were enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. I know you guys download to listen, but if you can subscribe, that would be wonderful. And wherever you download, please leave a positive review. That would mean the world to us and also hopefully get more people to listen. And if you have not as of yet, please come check out our uh, Instagram page, that dot gray dot, dot area, area. <laughs> at, at that dot gray dot area g-r-a-y yeah. give us a follow please tell your friends your co-workers family your members like-minded think, menopause age women yeah or younger women that you think might learn something we have a couple dudes listening to us but please share that would mean so much to us Yes, absolutely. Okay. And here's a quote from Marianne Williamson. She's now a guest editor in Newsweek, which is real, real fun. The only choice before us is whether we will learn through wisdom or through suffering. The times ahead will either bring a revolution of love and justice or a revolution of violence and pain. And we get to make the decision. Amen. All right. I I love love you, you. Erin. I love you guys. Love you, everybody out there. Safe and happy happy new year. Happy new year. And we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye.